Jesus is alive. And your response should be, he is alive indeed. That was one of the ways the early Christians would greet each other. Because you see, today we're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. And it's so great to have you with us today celebrating this special day. The Christian faith hangs on the resurrection of Jesus. If there was no resurrection, <laughs> there is no Christian faith. But there was a resurrection. Yet, as much as Jesus told his disciples he would come back to life, it was totally unexpected. They behaved like anyone else did when someone they knew died. What happens normally when someone dies? Well, you expect them to remain dead, right? <laughs> and that's exactly what the disciples expected, in spite of all the teaching of Jesus, in spite of all the prophecies. When you read the accounts post-crucifixion and on the day of resurrection, it is amazing to read about their unbelief. You see, they mourned. They expected him to stay dead. They lost hope. They were preparing to embalm his body as soon as the Sabbath was over. And so how do we know that Jesus came to life? Well, because there were witnesses. <laughs> they witnessed the unexpected and it changed lives. And it's still changing lives today. I'm reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 to 8. For I deliver to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again on the third day according to the Scriptures. And that he was seen by Cephas, that's Peter, then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, huh? of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles, and then last of all, he was seen by me also, as by one born <laughs> out of due time." John 21, 24 says, This is a disciple who testifies of these things and wrote these things. And we know that his testimony is true. So the guy who wrote these things, which was John, he says he's writing of what he saw. He's testifying what he saw. So how do we know that the unexpected happened? Well, first of all, there were witnesses. You've read about some of them now in, the, in these passages, but there were many witnesses, and some of them wrote about it. We've got the Gospel of Matthew and Luke and John. And, and those, as far as you know, were written by Matthew, Luke, and John as they wrote what they experienced, what they saw, what they witnessed. They wrote their own accounts of what they saw. The Gospel of Mark is believed to be written by John Mark. He traveled with Paul and with Peter. He spent much time with Peter, and it is believed that he heard firsthand from Peter, Peter's account of his travelings with Jesus, experience with Jesus, and then John Mark wrote it down in what we know now as the Gospel of Mark. Paul had an encounter with the living Christ. 
And he told everyone he could about it. And he wrote about it as well. And when these records were written, listen, when these gospels and Paul's letters were written, most of the people were still alive. We had known Jesus, seen Jesus. Most of the apostles were alive. In, in other words, if all these writings were false, there were people right there who could immediately denounce it, say, no, this is wrong, this is false. But none of that happened. Most of the apostles and original followers of Jesus were still alive. And so this attests to the truth of these writings. Another thing that, that, that we must think about is this, that no one moved the body. <laughs> you know, people have tried to suggest that the disciples moved the body. If someone found the body of Jesus, it would completely discredit the narrative that Jesus rose from the dead. But nobody found the body of Jesus. Naturally, people argue that if Jesus' body wasn't in the tomb, then his followers must have moved it, making the resurrection a hoax. But <laughs> that argument doesn't work. As you read the gospel accounts, you quickly realize that they had no expectation of Jesus coming back from the dead. When, when Mary told Peter that the tomb was empty and that she had seen Jesus, he did not believe. Instead of rejoicing with her and saying, Hallelujah, he's back to life, just as he said, he didn't do that. He ran out to make sure. Him and John ran to the tomb to make sure that, that Mary was speaking the truth. And since the disciples had no expectation that Jesus would rise from the dead, it's clear they, they missed all of Jesus' predictions of that act. They had no need to invent the hoax. You see, the disciples weren't much different than most first century Jewish people. They believed that Jesus would restore the kingdom to Israel by toppling Rome's oppressive rule. We heard about that last Sunday. The disciples thought the movement ended when Jesus died. They were clearly confused about the next steps and they were scared. They must have thought, man, if they killed the leader, <laughs> Jesus, we're next. They're going to come after Jesus' followers. And so they were scared. They were hiding. Nobody's going to go about the streets stealing a body from the grave. Not these guys. Yet Jesus more than once told his disciples he would come back from the dead. And despite Jesus' numerous hints that he would come back from the dead, the disciples still didn't understand that he had to die. Peter once even took Jesus aside and rebuked Jesus for saying that he had to die. <laughs> and Jesus had to resist him. That's the time when he said, get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> the disciples may not have been listening, but the enemies of Jesus, man, they were paying close attention to what Jesus was saying. They'd heard Jesus say that he would rise from the dead after three days. It seems they did not expect Jesus to rise from the dead, but... They were afraid the disciples would come and steal his body and say that he had resurrected. And so they sealed the tomb. 
and ask ask for a God to be placed in front of it, a Roman God. (laughs) And so even if the disciples were brave enough and strong enough to do this and were able somehow to overpower the strong, weaponized Roman guards and break the seal on the tomb, that leaves us with another question. Why would so many people die for a lie? They might have been able to steal the body to keep the illusion going on that Jesus did rise from the dead. But next thing, their lives are being threatened. Are you going to give up your life for a lie? I don't think they would either. (laughs) You see, people went to their death claiming that Jesus had resurrected. Church tradition holds that all the apostles were martyred except John. The early church fathers give more detailed accounts of how each one died. James, the brother of John, is the only apostle beside Judas Iscariot whose death is recorded in the Bible. In Acts 12, King Herod has him put to death by the sword. Even when you put martyrdom aside, early Jesus followers faced all kinds of persecution from both Jewish leaders and the Roman government. The followers of Jesus went around saying that Jesus is Lord in a universe where Caesar was Lord. Christians were committing treason by calling someone other than Caesar Lord, and that was punishable by death. They also went around saying that Jesus was divine, that he was God, that he could save sins and give people eternal life. You see, to the Jewish leaders, that was blasphemy, also punishable by death. So they're having trouble from both sides, from the Gentiles and from the Jews. So why would anyone risk their lives to be a follower of a so-called risen Jesus in the first century if, in fact, he was dead and they knew it because they had hidden the body? (laughs) No ways. And all those who were persecuted for their faith, they could recant at any time and make it stop. Yet, they did not. They continued spreading the gospel. What is the gospel. Let me read it again from Corinthians 1.15. And this time I'm going to read from verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel, the good news, the gospel, which I preach to you, which you also receive. The gospel must be what? Received. And in which you stand. We need to receive the gospel and then Stand on that gospel, stand on that conviction, by which also you are saved. You see, believing the gospel, receiving it and standing on it, by that you are saved. If you hold fast, amen, if you keep that word, which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain, for I delivered to you, First of all, that which I also received, and here comes the gospel, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, 
and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. He then follows by telling about all the people that saw Jesus alive. So, Jesus, he died for our sins, he was buried, and he rose again the third day. That is the gospel. Do you believe that? Well, they did. And they continued spreading the gospel of the resurrection of Christ, and for some, it cost their lives. Throughout the church's history, this has been one of the most powerful testaments to the truth of Christianity. The more people proved that they were willing to die for it, the more Christianity spread. The disciples could have told the world that the resurrection of Jesus was a story they made up, and so they would have avoided death and persecution. But instead, <laughs> they made it clear. They made it clear that they would rather die than turn their backs on Jesus. As they faced death, they knew that the resurrection of Jesus meant that they too would also overcome the grave because they trusted Him. A day is coming. A day is coming, that's for sure. When all who gave their lives for the cause of Christ and all who have died for of any other cause but believed the gospel of Jesus Christ will also be resurrected as Jesus was with a glorified eternal body never to die again. Those who died in Christ are with Him now in spirit, waiting for the day when the trumpet will sound and they will receive their glorified bodies, completing the cycle of their salvation. On that day, they will be saved not only in spirit and soul, but also in body to reign with Christ on the earth for a thousand years and then live with Him forevermore. The unexpected happened that Sunday. And the unexpected will happen again one day soon. I believe it will happen because I know it did happen. The resurrection of Jesus is our foundation, giving us the blessed hope of His return. He is alive indeed, and soon we shall see Him. Do you believe in the unexpected? Do you believe the unexpected happened? Are you ready for the unexpected to happen again? <laughs> Let this Resurrection Sunday be a day of renewed faith and renewed hope. Jesus is alive. He is Lord. He shall return again. Hallelujah. Amen. And the unexpected will happen again. Let us close in prayer. Lord Jesus, it is so wonderful to know today that you are alive. We worship a living Christ. Hallelujah. A living Savior. And we, today we celebrate 
your resurrection. We remember the day you came out of that grave, hallelujah, having victory over death. And we anticipate the day when we will all receive our glorified bodies and have that cycle completed. Thank you for that victory. Help us to stay faithful unto you, Lord Jesus, until we see you face to face again. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Folks, enjoy your Resurrection Sunday. Let this day again, as I say, be a day of renewed hope and renewed faith. Jesus is alive. Declare it. Tell it to somebody next to you. Tell it to somebody. Jesus is alive. He is alive indeed. And He shall return. Have a blessed day. Have a blessed week. See you next Sunday.